ultimately the point of Golas is to taking in two hours to get to work is like Golas. <laughs> it's I, I was a, a, a little bit of Golas. When the accident came, and because I was listening to you, I stayed calm and I smiled, <laughs> even though I wanted to like, run people off the road. <laughs> <laughs> Baruch Hashem. See, my Chassidus class saved lives. <laughs> But the objective of Godless is to break us down. Yeshus. That's what gets in the way of us being able to hear the Ebishter. Of us being able to receive the Torah. Godless takes away that Yeshus. When the Welt tracelt sich, when the world is shaking, it's like Leyelenu, when there's an earthquake, so the solid ground suddenly becomes wavy. It suddenly becomes like water, becomes like liquid. It's the most unnerving feeling, because one of the things that we feel is that we could walk on ground, not on water. But when we're walking on ground, we feel very confident in our ability to be able to walk. And when that gets ripped away from us. When the Welt traceled sich, that itself is somewhat of a preparation for the Gula. But definitely Mendel, that whatever needs to happen, happened. <laughs> Mashiach is ready to come. We don't need any more wars. We don't need any more anything. Okay, let's start the third chapter of this Maimah. In the second chapter of the Mimer, we asked four questions. The first question was, even though the Ben HaChacham, in his analysis, in his question to his father, he's trying to contrast himself to the generation that received the Torah. I'm sorry, the generation that preceded the Torah. And that's why he uses the word Eschem, but still he should have used the word Oisanu. Instead of you, he should have said us. We also asked that if his question is, why do we do the action of mitzvahs, then why in his question does he delineate which is the, the differences of mitzvahs that are relevant to their kavana, to the intention that we have when we perform them. We also asked that the question of the Ben Achacham is on the three types of mitzvahs, but in the answer to him, the father mentions in the in the psukim that follow up only chukim, and finally we asked that if what he meant was why do we split up these mitzvahs, he should have asked it either as mishpatim edes and chukim or chukim edes and mishpatim. So we're going to start first by answering this first question that we just asked from this list of four. The question, why does he say Eschem? And we're going to ask, answer it with a mimer of the Friedeker Rebbe, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. That's going to address it in a way which is different than it's addressed in most other maimarim. Let's read inside. The Yuvanza will be able to understand this. Behektim through first prefacing. Masha Amar Kveit Kedushas Merichami Admar B'Maymer Diver Maschalza. That which the Fidik Rebbe, the Rebbe says, my father-in-law said in his Maimer, also starting with the same words, Kishal Chabincha. And in the parentheses it says, Sha'amri Bihaga Pesacharishan Bibaila Artis Abris Amanas Lodar. The Friedrich Rebbe said that Maimer, the first Pesach that he came to America to stay. The Friedrich Rebbe came to America before Chicago. He visited America one time before that. But the first time that the Friedrich Rebbe came to America to stay, that was the year Tafshin and the Fidik Rebbe said 
a mimer also with these beginning with these same words. Now the fact that the Rebbe adds in the parentheses that this is a mimer that the Fidik Rebbe said in America, and it was the first Pesach that he came to live in America, seemingly is an indication to us that there is an important message specifically for us here in this final galus of America. Um, in the, a lesson that we should take. Let's read. Bahadiuk in the question, that in the question of the Ben Achacham, when he asks his question to his father, he says the word Eschem, you. And the Fidik Rebbe says over there, that in this, that the Ben Achacham says Eschem, and not us, who doyma lecharila ben harasha. He's seemingly similar to the Ben Harasha. Now the truth is that earlier we said that he's not similar to the Ben Harasha because the Ben HaChacham says, Havaya Eloikeinu, our God. So in that, he differentiates himself immediately from the Ben Harasha. He immediately differentiates himself from the Ben Harasha by saying, Eloikeinu. But the Fidik Rebbe says, no, there still is a certain similarity in the word Escham, you, that he's pointing his finger at his parents and saying, you, that compares him to the Ben Harasha, which bothers us about his usage of such language. And the Mimer continues, Umoysef Baha Mimer, it adds in the Mimer, the Hagam, even though. <coughs> That the Ben Chacham says, Hashem, our God. And by saying Hashem, our God, He's including himself in Klal Yisrael. He's saying Hashem is our God. That means that he is accepting upon himself the yoke of heaven. Now this next line is the key to the entire parak, to the entire ois, which we're currently learning. This is only with regard to the ikr, the main thing. With regard to the details of Eidus Chukum and Mishpatim, he still says Eschem. The Friedrich Rebbe makes a division over here, a separation. And he says, there is the Klal and the Pratim, the Iker and the details. With regard to the Iker, there's no question. The Ben HaChacham says, I'm a Yid. Hashem Eloikeinu, Hashem is our God. But when he says, when he's looking at the pratim, at the details of the mitzvahs, with this he seems to separate himself. He says, Eschem, he says, you. He seems to separate himself. And this clues us in on what's bothering the Ben HaChacham from the perspective of the Friedrich Rebbe in this, in this Mimer. And the truth is that in a certain way, it's going to be the opposite of what we explained in Ois Aleph, the first way we explained the Ben HaChacham's question. He doesn't mind, so to speak, the mitzvahs themselves, the Iker and the Klau, but he's bothered by the Pratim. He's bothered by the details. There's something about the details of the mitzvahs that is affecting him and bothering him. We have to understand what is that difference. But this is what we're going to analyze over here in the ice that we're learning today. The milash and ha-maimer mashma from the language of the maimer, it implies shahadiyuk bozash eschem the diuk, the question of the ben ha-chacham in this that he's saying you 
It's not just like we said before that we need to explain why does he say Eschem instead of Eisonu, but certainly he means Eisonu. Why does he say you instead of us, but certainly he means us. That's what his intention is. Elogam, we also have a question over here. In this alone that he says the word Eschem, and not us. The Rebbe's Mimer is not saying that he's actually doing it, but Yashmakim Lito is seemingly. It's giving us a place to make a mistake. Makim Litois. This that he says, our God. And he includes himself in the iker. It's only with regard to the main thing. Kabalas al Malchushamayim, accepting the yoke of heaven. Avo benegele pratim, ne prate and yanim de edis hukum mishpatim, who mates atzmim in a clown. When it comes to the details, the details are these are edis, these are hukum, these are mishpatim. When it comes to the details of the mitzvahs, in that he separates himself from the clown. What does that mean? What does that mean that he's recognizing that he wants the mitzvahs and he wants the Abishter as his God. But when it comes to the details, he feels uncomfortable. As we're going to analyze it over here in the coming lines, we're going to see that in fact, in his question about this, there is a deep level of Chachma. There's something very deep that he's bringing across in being bothered by this. So in order to explain this, the Maimer first starts by telling us as follows. We could explain this as follows. To be in mitzvahs, you have two ideas. Now look at this carefully. What are the two ideas of mitzvahs? One, this is that the mitzvahs are Hashem's command. This idea exists by all mitzvahs equally. And two, this is this that the mitzvahs are split up into three levels of edes, chukim, and mishpatim. There are two aspects to every single mitzvah that we do. And the truth is that a little bit we've discussed this already in our earlier shirim on this mimer. On the one hand, every mitzvah is Hashem's commandment. Every single mitzvah is Hashem's commandment. And we have to do it because it's Hashem's commandment. But then, there's also, what is this mitzvah doing? Why did Hashem command us to do it? So this mitzvah is drawing down an ur from the level of chachma. This mitzvah is drawing down an ur from the level of chesed. And so on and so forth. There are ramach mitzvahs, 248 mitzvahs. Inun ramach pikudin. Inun ramach ivrin demalka. They are the 248 limbs of the Avishta. You have 248 limbs in your body. Every single limb in your body is drawing out your nefesh into it. You have a pinky. It's your pinky, right? It's your pinky. Why is it your pinky? Because you're inside of it. How did you get inside of your pinky? How did you fit in there? (coughs) 
it drew you into it. As being one of your 248 limbs, it drew you into it. Right? You're inside of the pinky. And the same is true for each of your limbs. It's you. You're inside of it. You are in it. You are it. It is you. Why? Because it's a aver, a limb, which is bringing you over there. And each of the 248 limbs has its own unique function. A function which is different than any other limb. Your pinky doesn't do the same thing as your pointing finger. It has a different function. Certainly doesn't do the same thing as your liver or your heart. I have a Russian doctor. He tells me, drink a lot of vodka. It's good for your heart. I said, I heard it's bad for your liver. He said, it's okay. The liver you could change. Each limb has its own function, its own purpose. By the Abishter, it's the same. Each mitzvah draws down a different energy of Abishter, and it draws down the Abishter into the world. So that, just like you are your pinky, and your pinky is you. In the performance of a mitzvah, the world becomes Abishter. When you're lighting candles on Friday night on Shabbos, then you're bringing the Abishter into your home. When you're giving tzedakah, you're bringing the Abishter into your parnasa. When you're davening, you're bringing the Abishter into your mind and your heart. And so on and so forth. In every mitzvah that you do, you're bringing the Abishter into the world in a practical way that just like your body makes up you. And when you have a complete body, Be'ezus Hashem, healthy, Bechol Ramach in all of its limbs, etc., a body that's complete and full, and then that's you. When we do the mitzvahs properly, then we make the Abishter, so to speak, into a presence, a full kaima, a full presence here inside of this world. It's magnificent. So in every mitzvah, there are two reasons why we have to do it. There's one reason, so to speak, why we have to do this mitzvah. Because it's a mitzvah. Because it says in the Torah. Because it says in Shulchan Aruch. Because we're Yidin, and that's what we do. But then, there's an accomplishment of the mitzvah. Which is greater. Why do you think so? That's what you think. Why? Because when we're, when we're just doing it because it's always Hashem, because of the yot of heaven, then we're battle to Hashem, we're battle to Hashem, and we're just doing His will because that's what He told us to do. And we're not worried about the what might come of it. Good. Okay, what, what does everyone else think? We don't know the value of the mitzvah. We don't know the value of the mitzvah, so therefore, what is what are you saying? You're saying good. What are do you saying? Do each one. Do each one. Of course, you have to do each mitzvah. <clears throat> Why does the military have its own court system? Why does the military have its own court system? Its own set of laws, its own... There's two reasons. One is that it doesn't have to be public, whatever decisions are made and everything. And two, it's so that they can have control. Because they know, they have the information already. It's supposed to announce that court, which doesn't have the same insight as them. So it allows them to judge them better. Good, but... 
basically what you're saying is that for non-military people, for civilians, there's one set of laws, and for the military, there's another set of laws. It's about privacy. Uh, why, do they, why do they enjoy privacy that I don't? Why don't I get my own court system? So you're saying there's uh, the concept of uh, um, national security, which exists, but in most, most in most court cases there probably is not, and there are civilian court cases that also have yeah. national security security questions which can arise. I think maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if you I could you could find this written. I think that when it comes to the military, there's a certain yesaid which exists over there, which can't be judged in a civilian court. And that's the yesaid of Kabbalah. So. A civilian, at least in Western culture, for sure. But by a civilian, there is no concept of Kabbalah Sol. By a civilian court, every single thing can be questioned, can be challenged, can be discussed. Everything's on the table. Nobody can say, because I said so. Nobody could say, because I said so. What do you mean, because you said so? Why did you say so? What's the reason? What's your logic? What's your... Where are you coming from? As soon as you join the military, as soon as you're a soldier in an army, so your commander tells you, go forward and attack. So hold on one second. Is it worth it? Does it make sense? Is it something which we should do? Tell me why. Why are we doing this? What's the logic behind this particular exercise between this particular and so on and so forth by a soldier there's a certain yisayid the yisayid is you do what you're told yes sir you do what you're instructed to do you have no right to ask questions on top of that you have specific rights also there needs to be a court over there also. There needs to be judgment there too. But the way that a, 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 a military person, a soldier, is judged cannot be the same as the way a civilian is judged. In other words, there is the clown and the prat. The prat is that... When you're giving an instruction to a soldier, you want him to understand what he's accomplishing on a certain level because when you want him to accomplish it, you want to make sure that he's doing what... Don't just tell him, shoot in that direction. You tell him, shoot and kill the enemy. You don't just tell him, we're um, uh, moving forward. You tell him, we're trying to cap this area. In other words, you want to make sure that whatever actions he's going to take are going to accomplish the mechoven, the that which you're trying to do. But the essence of his mitzvah is Kabbalah Sal. He's a soldier and he has to do what he's told to do. He has to follow commands. He has to follow instructions. Which is something that makes the modern army in America, something which is very difficult because this concept of Kabbalah is it runs contrary to the essence of Western culture. Okay, that's a, a separate discussion. But this is the Yisoyed. The Yisoyed is in every mitzvah that you have, there is the essence of the mitzvah. The essence of the mitzvah is you're doing a mitzvah because Hashem commanded. We've discussed in the past. By Har Sinai, the Eibishter gave us the Torah. The Eibishter gave us the Torah. The Eibishter told us, 
And then the Ibishter told us, There were positive commandments, and negative commandments. How did the Jews respond? Here we have a machlekes. A machlekes between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Shmuel says that when Hashem said, Hashem alekecha, the Jews all said, yes, we will. And when the Eibishter said, and the Yidin all said, no, we won't. But according to Rabbi Akiva, when the Eibishter said, the Yidin all said, yes, and when the Eibishter said, and the Yidin said, yes. Yes, we won't. What's the difference? <clears throat> What's the difference between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva? The difference between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva is the klal or the prat. According to Rabbi Shmuel, the Yidin said, yes, we understand that you are our God who took us out of Mitzrayim and therefore we must serve you. We understand that we should respect our parents and therefore we will do it. We understand that we should not have other gods. We understand that we should not kill and therefore we won't do it. According to Rabbi Kiva, the Yidin responded, yes, we will do whatever you tell us to do. It doesn't matter what you're telling us to do. Yes, we will. Whatever you say, Abishter, yes. Jump. How high? Not why. The truth is that with this perspective in Rabbi Akiva, it's not just the yes to the lies that are different, it's the yes to the canes that are also different. In other words, according to Rabbi Shmuel, when Hashem said, the Yidin said yes. According to Rabbi Kiva, when the Yidin said, the Yidin said yes. But the yes was a different yes. According to Rabbi Shmuel, the yes was yes. We understand that you are our God. We understand that we should respect our parents. According to Rabbi Akiva, when the Yidin said yes, they were saying, yes, Hashem, we will do whatever you tell us to do. It's a different yes. In the Ratzain of Mitzvahs, there are two levels. There's the Ratzain of Mitzvahs, the way that Ratzain exists by the Eibishter himself. It's a Ratzain Atzmi. And there's the Ratzain, the way that it comes down. When a person has a ratzain, <coughs> so if he just acts on his ratzain atzmi, usually what he's acting on is a ratzain habahami, an animalistic ratzain. It's usually a very coarse, not refined behavior. A refined person is someone who's able to show that my Ratzin makes sense. This is the way things should be. Logic and order dictates that that which I'm trying to accomplish over here should be in a certain way. That's by a person. Right? By the Eibishter. Not by Kabbalah Sol, not by the Eibishter. By the Eibishter, the closer you get to the Ratzin Ha'atzmi, the deeper you are. The closer you are to the essence of the Eibishter without any divisions. Now it's true. Because the Ratzin of the Eibishter is so deep and so Atzmiistic, so essential, therefore it's able to come down even into logic, even into emotions, you're able to see the mitzvahs are beautiful. 
You're able to pride yourself. Look at Yidin who follow mitzvahs and look at nations of the world that just follow their heart's desire. You're able to see what the mitzvahs do for us, how the mitzvahs refine us, how they lift us up, how they change us, how they transform us, and therefore the mitzvahs are something which can be translated on every level of Seydish Tashos. They're able to enter into that level of Seydish Tashos, where it's wisdom, they're able to enter into a level of wisdom, where it's emotions, they're able to enter into a level of emotions also, and on each level they're able to be understood and appreciated, studied and analyzed, Explained and dictated. That's because the essence of the Ebishter is true and the essence of everything. And therefore it must translate itself into every single level. That's why when you're learning about the mitzvah of Lulav or any other mitzvah, you're going to see there's a Tam Saidi, there's a Tam Alpi Kabbalah. And then there's a Tam Nigla, there's a reason Alpi Nigla. And ultimately, and especially in the Rebbe's teachings, this is something which was very much emphasized and explained in beautiful ways, in ways that have transformed the thinking of our generation. You're able to see how there's a parallel between the Kabbalah and the Nigla. <coughs> Because the Kabbalah and the Nigla are both coming ultimately from the Etzim, from the essence, which is higher. It all is following one line. It's all an expression of the Etzim of Hashem. And therefore, it all fits, it all falls into line, it all makes sense, it all is something that works in harmony together. Right? Understood? Yeah? But that's the way that the Ratzin is coming down. The way that the Ratzin is descending. The way that it's entering into a world. But there's the Ratzin Atzmi itself. To put it into different words. <coughs> Chachma, something which is logical, even if my Ratzin is for something which is logical, but as soon as there is logic, it's no longer me. If my Ratzin makes sense, then it's not really my Ratzin. Because if it makes sense, it's probably your Ratzin too, as long as you understand the logic behind it. In other words, it's not so much me and my Ratzin that is being expressed over here. It's an objective Chachma, an objective logic, an objective beauty, an objective Mides, which this is the way things should be. It's just that my Ratzin is for that objective Chachma, but it's not about me anymore. So in as much as I am being limited into a certain chachma, a certain logic, me is being mitigated. And then the same is true by the Abishter as well. That in as much as mitzvahs are coming and being translated into a certain level of logic, as soon as there is a logic behind it, then it's not Abishter anymore. Ratzin without chachma. That is truly me. That's truly an expression of who I am. Because why is it that way? That's just Ratzin. Like we learned in the last Mimer. Vanilla over chocolate? That's not really me. Any normal person wants vanilla over chocolate. But if you're vying between vanilla and strawberry, that's where you have maybe an expression of yourself. I'm a vanilla person, I'm a strawberry person. Right? Manda, you don't agree with me. No. You like chocolate? Vanilla, it's not edible. Huh? It's not edible. The vanilla? Yeah. <laughs> we need to 
<laughs> Maybe you never got real vanilla. You got the fake vanilla. They have like these fake vanilla-like flavors. Can we have a ratzen and then try to, and then we like, justify it? So like, we, we can say, no, like, <clears throat> my ratzen makes sense because it's, because it, it's logical or w- whatever, but really we're just trying to justify what a ratzen is. Yes, absolutely. But in as much as it needs, needs justification, it's not. It's not right. full. It's not perfect. It's not complete. Right. That itself is a limitation to the ratzin. Mm-hmm. So you have th- three types of mitzvahs: edes, chukim, and mishpatim. <coughs> edes, chukim, and mishpatim. There are three different types of mitzvahs. What are the three types of mitzvahs? The three types of mitzvahs are an expression of what type, what what category, what level of command this particular mitzvah is. Is it something which is mishpatim, which is understood and appreciated by everyone? Over there, the Ratzin has descended all the way until it's expressed literally in the Chachma and Midas of the world, that everyone can understand it. Even a Nimala, an ant, understands not to steal. Even a Chatul, a cat, understands to be modest. It's just natural and proper and real. You have Edes, those are mitzvahs that after they're given, they're understood. And you have chukim. You have certain things that you do, and you don't have to understand why. Why does a red light tell me to stop, and a green light tell me to go? It doesn't matter. But if you see a red light, you stop, and a green light, you go. There are certain things which don't matter. You want to understand it? No. So maybe if you go and study more, you'll be able to understand how this color has this connotation and that color has that connotation, etc. Maybe. And if you don't, it still doesn't matter. Even if you feel that green should mean stop and red should mean go, it doesn't matter because you have to do it. In as much, however, as mitzvahs are being split into these three categories, even the category of chayk, what are we looking at? We're looking at a division of mitzvahs on a level where they are being categorized, where they are being appreciated, where they are being analyzed. Even the level of chayk is being analyzed. How is it being analyzed? It's being analyzed as a mitzvah which is super logical. But it's a mitzvah which is super logical. It's not a mitzvah which is just a mitzvah. The essence of mitzvahs are mitzvahs which are just mitzvahs. And the mimer continues. Let's look back inside. You see the words? You see? These two ideas. It's also in the fulfillment of mitzvahs. It's also in the fulfillment of mitzvahs. In the fulfillment of mitzvahs, in the kavana, excuse me, in the, in the intention of mitzvahs, there are two ideas. When you do a mitzvah, there are two kavanas you could have. There's kavana klalis, a general kavana. What's the general kavana? Lekayim tzivoy Hashem. You want to fulfill the command of Hashem. The kavana zuhu b'chala mitzvahs b'shava. This kavana, this intention is in all mitzvahs equally. Every time you perform a mitzvah, you have a kavana klalis, l'kayim mitzvah Hashem. But then there's a kavana pratis. The kavana pratis, the specific kavana, is kiyom ha-mitzvah mipnei shehi edus. You're doing the mitzvah, you're, you're keeping Shabbos because it is a oisi beinu beineichem, 
a ois between us and Hashem, a zikarin, a remembrance to the fact that Hashem re- rested on the seventh day. Al eiza inyan on whatever idea, on the fact that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim swiftly, on the fact that Hashem took care of our needs in the midbar, and so on and so forth. Oi mipnei shehuchuko gzeira, or you're doing it because Hashem said, Hashem said, wool and linen do not mix. Why not? Because that's what Hashem told me. And that's why you're doing it. Or because it's something which is which is demanded also according to logic. Also according to logic. The Rabbi says in Asicha that why does the Gemara tell us that if the Torah had not been given, we would have learned the laws of Stealing from an ant, the laws of modesty from a cat. Who cares if the Torah was not given? Of course the Torah was given. And we have a Torah now. What does it make a difference to us? And the Rebbe says, the Gemara is obviously teaching us, the Torah is teaching us, that there are certain mitzvahs which we have to fulfill. You must be modest, not just because Hashem tells you to be modest, but modesty is a appreciated level. It's something which makes sense. It's something which royalty is modest. The queen doesn't walk around in a bathing suit. Royalty is modest. That modesty is something which is appreciated, which is logical, which makes sense, which permeates into the the, the dictates of Chachma and Midas. It makes sense. So the fact that the Torah is telling us, the Mali Nitzah Torah is telling us there are certain mitzvahs which you fulfill with their logic. When you are respecting your parents, you don't just go over to your parents and bring them a cup of water and say, I'm bringing this because Hashem told me to, even though that's why you should be bringing because Hashem told you to. You bring your parents a cup of water and say, I love you, I appreciate you, you are so good to me, and therefore I want to do whatever I can for you as well. I want to help you. You're doing it also because of the logical dictates that make sense. And the same is true when you keep Shabbos. When you keep Shabbos, you keep in mind the ois, the zikarin, that it represents. And even when you're performing a mitzvah, which is a chayk, you do it in a way of bittel and kabbalah all because you know that it's a chayk, because you know that a red light, you don't stop because you know why the red light's telling you to stop. You stop because you stop because you stop, and that's what you have to do. And whatever you want to figure out later, you could figure out a different time. Or simultaneously, if you want, as long as you're doing it. Understood? So even in the performance of a mitzvah that you do, there is a difference between Eidis Chukim and Mishpatim. But then, there is a deeper Kavana. And the deeper Kavana is, it's a mitzvah. And yes, you are bringing the cup of water to your parents because it's a mitzvah. You are dressing modestly because it's a mitzvah. You are not stealing because it's a mitzvah. Everything that you do, you're doing because it's a mitzvah. You're keeping Shabbos because it's a mitzvah. And you're not wearing shatnas because it's a mitzvah. And so on and so forth. Everything that you do, you do because Hashem told you to. And because you're a Yid and because you do mitzvahs. And there isn't even a question. You're a soldier in the Eibishter's army. And you do whatever Hashem commands. And it doesn't matter what it is. Is it a mishpat? Is it a edus? Is it a chayk? And you have to realize that even on the level of chayk, there's a difference between the mitzvah aspect and the way that it is a chayk. Chayk means you have no permission to ask about it. Sometimes, a bakr comes over with a question, can I do this, etc. My answer is no. They ask, why not? What's wrong? 
The answer is, because I said. Because I told you, no. Most Bachim don't know how to accept that, because uh, after all, they were born in America. <laughs> but that's an answer sometimes, because I said. But the problem is, there's a maso matin. Even if this bachar has the proper Kabbalah soul that a bachar is supposed to have, and because I tell him, you have to do it because I said, he's going to go and do it. Halavaya should have such bachar. There's a maso matin. In other words, he's challenging me. Why? And my answer is, because I said. And there's like, oh. Okay, fine, I'll do it. Or let's put it into different ways. If I give an instruction, which is a mishpat or an edis, and I explain that to the bachar, this is why you're doing it. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do or because it represents our school pride, whatever it might be. The Bachar will do it with a lot more gishmak than he'll do the chayk, mm. which he'll do with a sigh and a krechts. Why? Because there is this division, there is this separation between Eides, Chukim, and Mishpatim. Even the chayk is not being done with the same Kabbalah soul as I'm a soldier, I'm here. At your command, the things that you want to explain to me, explain to me because they need to be explained. The things that you don't, don't explain to me. But the bottom line is, I'm ready to do whatever you tell me to do. In other words, the level of mitzvah, because it's a mitzvah, is deeper even than it's a chayk. And how do you see that? Because it says, You have no permission to think about it. Why do you have to be told you have no permission to think about it? You're a soldier. Who even asked you to think? Why does a soldier have a head? Because otherwise, what would he hang his gun on? Who asked you? What, what, what kind of business is this? Who do you think you are? You're a soldier. You're part of the army. You have mitzvahs. Yes, 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 Abishner. Whatever you tell us to do. That concept, that idea, that's deeper than even the level of chayk, which says, you have no choice, you have no right. You have no right? Who are you, Baklal? You don't exist. Your entire mitzvah is an Eved Hashem, a servant of Hashem, to do whatever Hashem wants you to do. Now you can understand the Ben Achacham's problem. Let's read inside. The question of the Ben Achacham, what are these Eides, these Chukim and Mishpatim? He, it is, the Kiv and Shekala Mitzvah, Tziv Hashem. Since all of the Mitzvahs are the command of Hashem, So I told you that from a certain perspective, this question is the exact opposite of what we saw so far. The first way we explain the question of the Ben Achacham is what's the point of the Maisa? What's the point of the button, the action? It's all about the Machshava. It's all about the Kavana. That was the way that we first explained his question. Now we're explaining the question just the opposite. Now we're explaining the question that the Ben Achacham is coming along and, uh, coming along and asking. He's saying, what's the point of the Kavana? Who are you to have a kavana? You think that you could have a kavana in mitzvahs? Kavana is only in Seydish Tashlus. Why do we do the mitzvah? Because we want to connect to the etzem of Hashem. 
which is much, much deeper than Eidus Chukim and Mishpatim. And therefore, the Chacham asks, And he's asking it on two levels. He's asking, first of all, obviously, mitzad ourselves, in our kavana, in our intention, when we do the mitzvah, why are we having kavana to do a mitzvah? Because it's Eidus Chukim and Mishpatim. We should have kavana to do the mitzvah just because Hashem is telling us to do it. And he's asking also, as far as the mitzvah itself, why does the mitzvah have to descend? Why does the mitzvah have to come? down and close itself so to speak. This is a chayk. This is an edis. This is a mishpat. Why does it go and clothe itself inside of these garments? Why can't the mitzvah just be on its essential level? It's the ratzin of Hashem and nothing else. That's his question. That's a deep question. That's a deep question, right? Now you understand the question of the Benachachem. The problem is that it's the opposite of what we learned earlier. Later on, not till Perik Zion, so we have some prakim to go till Ois Zion of the Maimar. Over there, we're going to be metavich. We'll have a third way of understanding the Ben Achacham's question, which will bring the two together. But we'll need some introductions before we get there, that will um, blend the two questions together. But in any case, now we're able to understand v'lachain v'dayik ba Maimar. This is why it asks in the Maimar the gam laachri sheimer. Elekenu, even after the Chacham says, Elekenu, our God, Yesh Makim Litais, there's a place to make a mistake. He's separating himself from the Klal. Now, the truth is, as the Maimer said, as I mentioned to you earlier, certainly the Chacham is not separating himself when it comes to Edis Chukum Mishpatim either. It's not that he's saying, I don't agree with Edis Chukum Mishpatim, I only agree to Kabbalah Sol, because the fact that the mitzvahs clothe themselves into Edis Chukum and Mishpatim is also Hashem's Ratzin, and therefore the Chacham upset, excuse me, accepts it, but it upsets him, it bothers him, it disturbs him, and he's questioning that, he's challenging that, and therefore it looks like he's separating himself with regard to that detail. Not Chas V'Shalom that he's rejecting it, he would never reject anything that's part of Torah, but still, it bothers him. And in this alone that it bothers him, Yashmakim Litois, you can make a mistake to imagine that he's separating himself from the cloud. And in order to make sure that we should not make such a mistake, even when you ask a question, you have to be careful that the words of your question are precise. Be careful, even. Though Yiddishkeit loves questions, as I've told you, and Yiddishkeit welcomes questions, and ask whatever you ask. Sometimes the answer will be because. Sometimes the answer will give you an explanation. But you should always ask questions. However, be precise and careful in the way that you ask your question too. And over here, the Maimer is asking, the Chacham should have been more precise, seemingly, in the question that he's asking, that we should not, Chas V'Shalom, assume that with regard to these details, even though he's questioning them, that he's being Meitzias Atzmeim in Aklal, and therefore, he should have said us, he should have said us, he should not have said you. And if he would have said us, then even though he's questioning this aspect of mitzvahs, we would have recognized that certainly he's not separating himself from this aspect of mitzvahs. Mm. No, so this is the second way to appreciate the Chacham's question. And Be'ezus Hashem, the continuation of the Maimer, tomorrow morning we'll be learning already inside of the Ge'ula Mitzvah Shleimah.